This morning we want to pick up in the uh, Advent series that we're doing called The Christmas Box. And I, I don't know about you, but I've had to learn a lot of lessons around Christmas and Christmas boxes over the years. Uh, when my wife Becky and I became parents, uh, we were overjoyed. We, we had been seven years married uh, and had been told we couldn't have children. And then um, I found out how to solve that problem. You simply drop your maternity insurance, and the next thing you know, your wife's expecting a baby. It just kind of happened that way in, in our world. And uh, when our firstborn child uh, came into the world, uh, the first Christmas was, you know, it was okay. I mean, he was small. He was seven or eight months old. But, but man, his second Christmas, his second Christmas, it was, it was all out Christmas blitz from the grandparents and the friends at church and everyone. And, and I learned something that Christmas. I, I, my wife is an extremely talented decorator. And, and Christmas is a time when she transforms our home. And, and so one of the things that's important to her is that all the Christmas presents be wrapped and that they be wrapped beautifully, which means I don't get to wrap them, okay? I, I'm, I'm not very good. I don't, I don't make the little creases and do the thing. I, the ribbons are different. And when I do them, I don't understand what how you even make those little things curl up with a pair of scissors. I, I watch her, and I, I stand in awe. And on that Christmas, since our firstborn child was, was the only child in the house at that time, and we were being overwhelmed with gifts from everyone, it was, it was imperative that all of those gifts be wrapped and be looking beautiful underneath the beautiful tree in the living room so we could take the pictures and we could have the memories. Maybe you don't have that in your house, but, but we did in ours. And then Christmas Day came. And I'll have to tell you, that little fella was so excited. He came down the hallway and he saw all of those presents. And, and for weeks we had been telling him, no, you can't touch those. No, you can't touch those. And today we said, go for it. You can touch every one of them. And so he jumped into the pile and he began to open up the packages. And can I tell you what we noticed? I mean, everyone, he would be open the package, look at the present and go, wow, put the present down, open the next package. It was just a gluttony of gifting in that morning. And then we moved on to have our Christmas meal. And then we noticed our son had disappeared back into the room. With that satisfaction of new parents, we were just so convinced that we'd gotten every one of the exact right toys for him for Christmas. And when we went into the room, do you know what that kid was doing? He was playing in the boxes and the wrapping paper and the ribbons. He wasn't playing with the toys. I mean, I had saved for months to buy the specific toys he needed. I had shopped all over town to get the exact right toy that he wanted. And he wasn't playing with the toys. He was playing with the boxes. Now, some of you are looking at me through the screen and thinking, Pastor, why was that such an important story for you to tell us today? Because... Today, I need you to know that your Heavenly Father has given you the greatest gift that could ever be in His Son, Jesus Christ. And the story of Christmas, it's a story that gives us all of, of the meaning of life. But when I look around, 
quite honestly, I'm afraid most of us are just playing with the boxes and the wrapping paper and the ribbon instead of really understanding what's in the box. What's in the box that God gave you and me and the world in Bethlehem all those centuries ago? What's in the box that that is so important for you and me to be able to live our lives at any Christmas, but, but particularly this Christmas, in this setting, in this culture, in this global pandemic, in the box of Christmas, there are the things that are of great meaning. But if we're not careful, like little children, we'll be so fascinated with the colors and the paper and the ribbons and the boxes that we miss the actual gift. So this morning, I, I want to read to you from the Gospel of Matthew again about that gift, about the gift that was given to you and me by God, our Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ. And today, what I want us to do is to unpack out of that box, the same box that has the relationships and the, the understanding of family that we talked about last week and, and the willingness to, to be involved with other people and, and to work through all the difficulties that go with that. Inside this box, there is there's something else. There's a, there's a gift that God gave you and me. Listen as I read it from Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and they've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they immediately told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophets, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring, him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. You see, God 
gave us a gift in Jesus Christ. God gave the world a gift in Jesus Christ. And even though Jesus was born in Bethlehem, not everybody in Israel understood. Not everybody in Bethlehem understood. In fact, not even everybody in Mary and Joseph's family understood. That in this process of a baby being born in a manger in the midst of a census, God, God was providing for the world. See, right now, there's a, there's a sense for many of us that, that this world is in such chaos, and we ask the questions, and, and we have the conversations. Is, is, this, is this a design? Is this a, an indication that, that God has forsaken us, that God has forsaken the world? No, it's not. Because the God who created the world created you. And the God who created you, and the God who created me, and the God who created every person alive and who's ever been alive, that same God has made provision for us through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. And, and when he made the provision, the child was not born just for the people in his village. The child was not born just for the people in his nation. In fact, this child, this child was born for the entire world. The Christmas story, the, the, the real content of what God is doing at Christmas is designed to let us know that, that God is the creator of everyone and he loves everyone and that he He's going to provide for us, all of us. Even those of you who've lost your jobs, God is still going to provide for you. Even those of you who are facing this Christmas with an empty chair around the table because of the loss of a loved one, God is going to provide for you. Even those who are in places where the, the COVID virus has become so, so powerful and so transmitted that, that you are, you're being forced to change every part of your lifestyle. God is still going to provide for you. You see, God provides for the whole world. And when we unpack the box of his provision, then we need to unpack some of the understandings of what he gives for us at Christmas so that we don't just settle for the, for the box itself, but, but instead we, we understand the real gift. So here this morning, I just want to spend a few minutes reminding you if you know, or sharing with you if you don't know what it is that God provides for us at Christmas. You see, the first thing is, is this. He provides inspiration for the entire world through the Christmas story. I've traveled in several continents around this world. I, I've spoken in places and been a guest in places and, and traveled around the holiday season a few times. And, and it's always amazed me at, at how each of the places I visit has its own customs of how to celebrate the Christmas story, but it's still celebrating the Christmas story, which is the story of a God who inspires the world with his gift of his son. Listen to it again. 
Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I think sometimes in the middle of the story we, we miss just how wide-ranging the message of Jesus is. If we settle for the boxes, we miss the fact that, that these, people, these people came from all across the world. When it says wise men came from the east, it isn't just saying they came from east Israel or, or east Judah. No, 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 no. They, 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 they came from... They came from far away because they had seen a star. They had been inspired by what they had seen to seek out the meaning of what was going on. And right now, in the midst of all of this global pandemic, there are people, some of you watching us today, from around the world who, who are seeking out, what is the meaning of this Christmas story for me? How will this impact my life? And what I want you to know is that, is that the baby that was born in Bethlehem, that baby was born for you. You may not understand the language that I'm speaking. You, you may not have ever been to the place where I am today. But what I want you to know is that the baby born in the manger was born for you. And that God, God provides for you and God provides for the world through his son, Jesus Christ. And when he does, he takes care to, to make sure you can find the baby. I love this part of the story. You see, when God provides inspiration for these wise men to come from far, far away, so that we know the entire world actually is inspired by the story, we, we also discover that, that in the details, God didn't miss a beat. When they got to when they got to Jerusalem and they asked of the king, the, the one they assumed would be the person having knowledge of the birth of a new king, and they talked to Herod, it was, it was interesting to me. Herod, who had no idea that Jesus had been born in Bethlehem, immediately talked to the people who were in charge of the temple and said to them, hey, these men are asking questions. They've seen a star. Where is this child supposed to be born? You know the scriptures. Did you hear the answer? They didn't stutter. They didn't hesitate. They didn't say, hey, we've got to go figure that out. No, they immediately said, we know exactly where the Christ is to be born. Because God's word has told us. You see, God, God doesn't just inspire us. He provides direction for discovering where he is at work. You've got to know that this Christmas. In your setting, in your world, in your circumstances, you've got to understand that God is at work and he knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly who you are and he has a plan for your life. And he didn't just show up so you would be wowed and impressed and inspired. No, he showed up so that your life could be changed by his presence in your life. And there is no question that Jesus who was born in the manger grew to be a man 
who laid down his life for you. And the God who is his father is your father. And he wants you to discover exactly where God is at work in your life. That's why Jesus came. Listen to it again. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. They knew exactly where the Messiah was to be born. And Herod summoned them and asked them exactly when did they see that star. And in seeing the star, he, he ascertained exactly when the child had been born. And immediately in his heart, a plot began to develop. Because you see, Herod, Herod didn't want to lose what was his in terms of power. He really didn't really want God to bring the Messiah while he was around. And, and so he began to plot even then about how he could, how he could find a way to thwart God's work in his life, to, to, to avoid God's work in his life. This Christmas season in 2020, I, I really want you to understand that this God who, who provides inspiration for the entire world, this God who literally wants you to discover where he is at work in your life, and he's given directions through his word, the Bible, in order for you to figure out exactly where God is at work in your life. I want you to understand that he does that because there are others at work in the world who don't want you to find out, who are trying to close your eyes who are trying to keep you from seeing what God is doing in your life and what he wants to do. And if you allow someone else to close your eyes to the work of God, you will not just settle for the boxes. You will miss the blessing. You will miss the, the work of God in your life. When I was a high school kid, I worked in the church where my father was pastoring in Jackson, Mississippi as a volunteer um, helping with the children's ministry. And, and there was a family in that children's ministry who, who needed a ride. The kids, there were several kids in the family, and, and their mom and dad had to work several jobs just to keep everything afloat in their house. And there were many Sundays when, when my father would say to me, hey, son, would you stop by and pick up these children on the way to church? And so being a, a young teenager who just had his first car and, and had his license and was excited to get to drive anywhere, I was like, sure, Dad, I'll do that. And so I would stop and pick up this family. And I learned very quickly that these were energetic children. I would pile these four or five children into my little Chevy Vega, which was not designed for that many people. And, and please, I understand it, it didn't have enough seat belts for it, but they weren't going to wear them anyway. And, and so I piled them in the car, and, and we would drive from their house to the church. And, and every week was an adventure. But one week in particular, it caused me to, to just almost, almost pass out. <laughs> Because you see, they had been playing a game. Maybe your children played it on a road trip called I Spy or I, I See. And they would say, I spy something this color or I see something this color. And they were trying to guess which one, what they were seeing, all that. And suddenly, the four-year-old. The four-year-old decides he wants to play. 
But what he wants to play is he wants to ask, and so they're asking, I'm driving, we're going, and suddenly he decides to play guess who. I don't know if you've ever played guess who or not. Guess who is when someone comes up behind you and puts their hands over your eyes. I'm driving the car. I'm on a four-lane highway. I'm headed from their house to the church. When suddenly everything goes black because the four-year-old has reached up from behind my seat and grabbed my eyes and said, guess who? You don't want to be driving a car when someone does that. Hi, immediately jerked his hands off my eyes and, and reprimanded him, and, and he didn't realize what he had done. He, he just, just began to cry because my voice had gotten pretty intense because I was not a happy person. And I think sometimes I remember that story at Christmas because I see so many people who look at Christmas story and their eyes are covered by the things, the hurt, the pain, the suffering, or sometimes even by people who don't want them to discover the direction that God has for their life, to find the place where God is at work. But Jesus, Jesus was born in Bethlehem so that you could have your eyes opened. And this Christmas, This Christmas, my prayer for you is that you will discover what it means for the God who inspires the whole world to give directions for your life, for your decisions, for your circumstance, to know that He cares, He's involved, He's there, and the directions are right there. Oh, and listen, He doesn't just tell you what to do. No, you see, this same God provides the resources to accomplish His plans in your life. See, God has a plan for you. God has a design for your life. God created you. He called you into being. And God himself wants you to know who he is. And he is not only inspiring and he's not only giving directions, but he's going to provide resources. Resources you don't even know you need, but he's going to provide them at just the right time for you so that your eyes can be opened and you can see what's going on. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, listen to the story again. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, these wise men, after listening to King Herod, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. For years, I I, I read that story, and, and I heard people say, it's amazing how these men were so generous, and they gave these massive gifts. And, and then one day it dawned on me, if these, if these men gave Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus gold and frankincense and myrrh, they made them wealthy people. Then how is it that, that when we see Jesus' life, he's not living a life of luxury, he's not living a life of wealth, he's, he's living a life as a humble carpenter in Nazareth as a man. What happened to that gold? That's the question that came in my mind. What happened to that frankincense? What, what happened to that myrrh, that very expensive ointment? What, what happened to the, to the treasure that was given to the baby Jesus? 
And then I read the rest of the story. We'll pick some of that story up next week, but today I just want to remind you that because of the plot that had already developed in Herod's life, what was already going on in his mind to remove the threat of another king, God led Mary and Joseph to take the baby Jesus as a refugee into another country. And they were going to need, they were going to need resources for that trip. They were going to need a way to pay for the transportation, a way to pay for the food, a, a way to find housing, a way to find lodging. And, and these people who had been inspired from so far away brought the resources that were needed. I, I, I sat in my office this week looking this over and, and being reminded of so many of you. You have given amazingly to support the Christmas families here in our church and in our community. You have, you have, in the midst of a global pandemic, continued your faithful giving online or mailing it in, and, and, and God has blessed our congregation. And, and while we're not overwhelmed and, and overflowing with financial resources, we are, we are being blessed in such a way that, that the giving to our congregation in 2000 and 20 is just as strong as the giving was in 2019 before any of you could spell COVID-19. And what's happening is that God is bringing the resources. You are allowing the resources to come to allow us to continue to serve here in our community and around the world. There's only one place, one place where our resources have been stretched a little thin. And perhaps this morning, I, I thought as we were looking at this story, you might, you might want to be a part of helping provide those resources. It, it's in what we call global engagement. It, it's the, the money we send to missionaries and international leaders who are working in countries that financially are more strapped than the United States. We have about seven or eight of those people. And, and while many of you have continued very faithfully, because of COVID-19, we didn't have a chance this year to, to present that need to you as a congregation. And so this morning, I just wanted to present it to you. If that's something, as you're looking at your year end, after you give your tithe to the church, to the storehouse, to the place where you're being blessed, if you're blessed by God this year and you want to help really impact the world for Jesus Christ. When you go to give either, well, online, you'll see that there's categories. The first is our operating fund. And then right underneath it is a, a little tab that says global engagement. If you want to give to that this Christmas, I promise you, there are missionaries and international leaders around the world who will use those resources faithfully they will use them well. So I just wanted to let you know that not all the wise men with all the gifts lived in the first century. You are being the people of God and bringing your treasures, and I thank you for that. And there's a need that if you'd like to meet it, you can help. The, the last thing I want you to learn about God's provision is this. 
you will never outgive him. No matter how generous you are with the resources he gives to you, he will always care for you. In fact, he demonstrates it in this story. Because you see, this God who provides inspiration and this God who provides this discovering God's design for your life and this God who provides the, the sense of, of giving resources to meet the needs, that same God provides discernment for fulfilling His desires in your life. He, he really does. He really does have a plan for you. He really does believe in you. And therefore, He wants you to not just have the resources and, and to not just know the plan and to, and to not just be inspired, but, but what He wants is he, he wants to be present with you and to fulfill not all of your desires, but His desires. Because His desires for your life are even better than yours. His desires for your life are, are better in every way than anything you can ever imagine. For those of you who've walked with Him a long time, like I have, you can look back over the journey and you can remember and you can see the times when the journey took a twist or a turn and it looked like it was going to end in disaster and time after time after time, God was there. God cared for you. In the story of Jesus' birth, it was the fact that these wise men had been asked by the king of Israel to return and tell them exactly where they'd found that child. But it was God. It was God who spoke to them in a dream and told them to not to go back to Herod. Instead, to depart and go back to their own country by another way. You see, the God who provides is the God who brings hope into hopelessness and love into hatred. And last week, we, we lit the first candle of the Advent wreath here at the church. It's the candle of hope. But today, today we light the candle of love. A love that is greater than any human love we've ever had. It is the love of a God who provides for His people. And this year, as you unwrap your Christmas boxes, my prayer for you is that you will discover just how much God loves you, enough to send His one and only Son, Jesus. And this morning, I'd like to pray for you that in the midst of all the lights and all the decorations and all the transitions that are going on right now, you would discover the God who provides for you. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for loving us this much, that you would make provision for our life, that you would care for us, that you would not just care for one group of people, but for the entire world. And that this Christmas, as we open the boxes, we are, we are able to see that you packed them with just the right gift 
for everything in our world. And so what I ask you to do is to inspire us, to help us discover your, your work, where you're at work and what you're doing. And, and then, Lord, for us to join with you in it. And then, Lord, I pray that in that process we would discover that you, you've already provided all the resources Sometimes you use us to provide the resources for another person. And sometimes you use another person to provide the resources for us. And that together we discover that you have a plan for us individually and you have a plan for our world to fulfill your desires and that you love every one of us and you desire to redeem us through your Son, Jesus Christ so that we might know the true meaning of Christmas and we might experience everything you created us to know. For it's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that we pray.